You're listening to the USCA official podcast, which takes you behind the scenes of eventing, covering all the big events, professional tips and tricks, interviews, special guests, and the latest USCA eventing news. Welcome back to the USCA official podcast listeners. Now, today's episode is going to be looking forward to what is in store over the coming year because the season is nearly upon us and we wanted to kind of delve a little bit deeper into how we plan our seasons, uh, what we should be looking to kind of set out to achieve at this time of the year and actually how we can make that happen. So setting ourselves up for the most successful season possible. And we have a very, very lovely guest. He has ridden at the very top level for the US eventing team. He is one of the nicest people in US eventing. Will Forgery, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me back. It's great to be here. It is our absolute pleasure. Um, So first of all, season planning, where do we start? How do you even go about saying, okay, you've got a blank sheet of paper. How do you start to fill it in? Do you start with the end goal or do you start with an earlier goal? What would what would you do? Typically, kind of this time of year, I start really with a lot of reflection on the, the past year, the past season, and kind of lay out what I, what I need to focus on over the, over the winter months after the horses have had a holiday. And then once I have a, a good plan of, um, you know, how the horses finished uh, the season, then, I'll, then I, that gives me kind of a good um, foundation and, and launching point on what my goal should be for the coming spring. And I do, I, I personally do always start with what is my, my ultimate end goal with, you know, each individual horse, um, you know, and, and that obviously varies very differently on the horse's age and level and experience. Um, but I start with, you know, whether or not it's okay by the end of this season, I want to move up to the next level or if it's a, a targeted competition like a Kentucky or a badminton, I typically do that. Um, you know, what what is the what is the year end goal for the next year, and then what is what are the steps that I need to take to make that year end goal a success for and how that's going to start in the winter. Um, and you know, as I've gotten you know I've done this long enough now, I I always kind of do my 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 dream end goal and you know but as we all know with horses uh they always seem to change so i always try to line up some different avenues to get to what that goal might be so that when things come up i don't have to drown a little bit in the poor me and god you know this isn't what i had hoped hoped it would be so you know, it's all right, these are the hand I'm dealt. And so now, now I can go down this path to get to the end goal. And it'd be, it might take a little bit longer, but um, that's fine because that's what I need to do. And that, you know, that can be determined either by, um, you know, performance, horses understanding, soundness, um, a selector's decision. Um, uh, you know, there's so many different variables that can change your path to your end goal. So I think it's important to look at all of the avenues uh, we have presented to us. I think that sounds like very, very sensible advice because we all know horses do not necessarily do as they're told. Um, and the season doesn't always work out as it as we sort of think it's going to work out. Certainly in the UK, um, last season, we had an unbelievably 
wet spring and it con- kind of continued listeners pretty much all the way through the season and so I think by probably about June July people were on about plan F um all yeah. of the other plans had gone out the window and actually setting yourself up to be adaptable at that stage of the year is a really smart thing to do because you're kind of dotting your eyes crossing your t's and you're giving yourself options as to that may be the end goal but there might be a few different roads to take to get there just think that that's you know for me uh, that's really important for the individual horses that I campaign. It's also really important for my students. And yeah, you know, I've got a handful of emails over the last week because I've been gone um, about you know students. Okay, goals and what and so I you know I try to kind of help people line out the plan and and also again when I talk about the reflection on of the years past, you know I. My, it's uh, you know one of my students said, okay, the last competition of the year went okay, but you know it it took, you know there was a couple that, you know she moved up to the intermediate level and had a couple of bobbles and then got it together. Um, and you know she's like, do you think I could do advanced by the end of the season? And I'm like, uh, maybe by the end of the year, but let's be realistic about you know it's very easy to look at the upcoming spring winter competitions with rose colored glasses but i think the reflection on um the you know your past season and is is very is equally as important if not more how important is it to ultimate improvement to actually take that time to reflect on weaknesses and strengths because i often think it's one of those things that we can uh, sometimes become a little bit clouded or fixated on something and actually we might think we're better at something than we are or we might think we're not quite as good at something and we're actually a bit better than we think and and that kind of um analysis must really help in actually making kind of a plan for how you can improve over the coming months and and ultimately years Uh, yeah i mean i think it's 100 percent imperative for your competitive goals and also for you know improving as a rider you know we're always this is a sport that nobody's a master at it every horse you come encounter with will teach you something and so i think it's very important to reflect and be very honest about those reflections you know and it's very easy on social media um to look in and you know people typically only write about you know when things go really well <laughs> you know and so i think that that's important to I was actually, I was in London this past weekend talking to a dear friend of mine, Jackie Green, and she writes a lot for, uh, and she helps a lot of different people, but she's always very, very brutally honest and in a very comedic way when she does a blog or writes, because, um, you know, a lot of times we only read about what the, what the professionals and stuff, you know, how it goes well. We don't always talk about the one that went in and had five down, um, and, you know, or we missed a jump or something like that. So you have to be very honest in those reflections. Uh, Tim and Janelle Price's website is a great place to go for some of those. I would second Jackie Green's blogs are very amusing and give you a real insight into, actually, it's not all sunshine necessarily. Yeah. Um, at the top level. And, and I think that's important as well. I think that that kind of being truthful with, with yourself, there's some really simple echo rating metrics listeners that you could use um things as simple as your six run average in dressage you know you could take your last six tests break it down divide it by six and that is your average of your last six so maybe 
um, your goal is to to kind of improve your dressage. But actually, it's very easy, isn't it, Will, to kind of say, I want to improve my dressage scores next year. Um, but actually, that doesn't really give you much to measure it by. So I guess when you're planning your goals, you also need to have a process of actually what constitutes a success. Absolutely. And being realistic about that, like it's all fine and and good and saying, okay, well, I want to do a, you know, a spring long format and I want to get a sub 25 in the dressage. And if your average of your last six has been a 31, don't set yourself up for disappointment. Say, okay, I'd like to knock two points off of that. So often, you know, we get so nobody's tougher on ourselves than ourselves. And it's very easy to be like, I've got to score this number. I've got to score this number. I've got to score this number, but be realistic in what the goal is because, um, you know, and I'm, I'm as guilty of it as ever, you know, setting yourself up for disappointment when you don't reach that, that number that you've put out there. Um, so I, yeah, I think it's very important to reflect in honesty and, um, realisticness. Would you be somebody that would kind of look at your, your tests and kind of say, you know, dressage, for example, with, um, I'm going to use Mama's Magic Way as an example because he's probably most well known by our listeners. He's one of your top rides and, you know, was top 20 at Burley this last year. He in particular, um, would you look at him and say, right, okay, I'm going into this season. My, my goal might be Kentucky this spring, but actually my goals within that season planning are that I would like him to produce, I'm going to, I'm going to say a sub 30 at five star because that's what he then went and did at Burley. He was 29.8, which is a huge achievement. But do you have those kind of breakdowns within his planning as well? Oh, oh, a thousand percent. That horse in particular, he's a hot horse, but never in a malicious way. It's, it's learning how to really harness his, his butterflies and my butterflies so that they're flying in the same direction. Cause a lot of times in the, you know, a lot of times they, they, go down a, a two different paths. So, um, yeah, you know, I, the end goal, you know, for example, the end goal with him is Kentucky and yeah, I, I got a sub 30 at Burley and, um, and that was, I worked a, really hard over the summer with Bettina Hoy, who, as I said, after that, my dressage at Burley, that I was changing my pronouns to Bettina Hoy. And <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I'll look at him. I'll see how he's, he came out of Burley in good form. He's had, a he came back into work for a little bit, um, in end of October, early November, but then he's back on holiday. And yeah, actually in looking at his schedule now, you know, I, I'll do quite a few dressage shows with him. He's a, he's a very, very good jumper. Um, but his exuberance and hotness can sometimes get the better of him. And on the final day as well, especially, you know, I had a triple combination where I had the trouble at Burley, which, you know, kept me out of the top 10. L- let's be realistic. I've jumped a lot of clear rounds on him, but I've not jumped a clear round at a five-star. And, you know, I had one down at Kentucky. I had three down at Burley. And it, it was unlucky. I thought a little bit at Burley because he didn't cover the width of the oxer in the triple combination. He was kind of staring through it, looking at the crowds. And then he hit that, the oxer behind and he's now, I don't think he's ever touched anything behind. And so then he just panicked at the next two and then settled down and jumped clean. And so, you know, I've reached out to um, Lauren Huff and I'm going to be working with her quite a bit this winter. I'm going to head down to Wellington. So yeah, you know, it's it's breaking down and looking at um, how to improve each individual horse and um, and what's the best 
paths to get there. You know, my goal for Kentucky would be to get another sub 30 to dress our score and then finish on it this time. And um, what do I need to do to get there? And one of the things that really became obvious to me, you know, I'm 42 years old. I'm fit. I work out a lot, but Mason, Mama's magic way, you know, he's not the biggest horse and I was too heavy on him at Burley. That's not always a fun thing to have to tell yourself, <laughs> you know, back in my, 20s and early 30s i could be like i could eat whatever i wanted and i could i'll put on three to five pounds over the holidays that's fine and then i can i'd lose it all in the spring well it gets a lot harder as you get older and so you know i made a really conscious effort post burley um and you know you look at like Roz Cantor, uh, you know the wind blows and it could knock her over she's tiny but i don't think it's a mistake that she's the only one that made the time at the europeans and was closest to the time at, at badminton you know she's very very light so that's a, a you know a real honest thing that i had to get on with myself and since burley i've actually lost quite a bit of weight and doing that so that i didn't have to starve myself into the spring and um that was a hard conversation to have with myself but how bad do i want it <laughs> Is you've mentioned the word honesty a few times and I think that it's a really good point to pick up on in that actually you do kind of have to look at your when you're reflecting on your season and you're kind of looking forward to your goals you you do have to be honest with yourself you have to kind of really say what do I want you know if the thought of moving up a level terrifies you to the point that actually you really really feel sick at the thought and you're doing it because you feel that you should do it actually, do you really want to do that? Do you need to do that? Maybe you don't. Maybe you could reassess your goals and you could put them in a different direction. Um, But also just, I guess, kind of actually being truthful. It sounds so straightforward, Will, but actually we're all, I think all of our brains are programmed to, certainly mine is, to look at things with a positive spin. Yeah. Sometimes I need to be a bit more brutal with myself. Yeah. And, And I think that, you know, you do have to look at what you need to improve on or I do like, I look at what I need to improve on. I also look at what I accomplished and, you know, my dressage test at Burley, that was a a really, um, that was a really special moment for me. It was something that I'd worked really hard for. It was a huge mental block for me. I worked a lot, you know, I work a lot with Abigail Lufkin sports psychology and I think it's important to, to focus on where we need to improve to be better it's also important to focus on what we did and what we accomplished, knowing that we can do it again. And what what steps did I take to get that result? And and how am I going to, to repeat that? So, yeah, it's nice to just focus on, you know, what we need to work on and how we need to improve. But, um, you know, look at what you have done and be proud of that. And don't rest on your laurels that it's just going to happen again the next time because it's happened once it's it's something that we have to work on every day you mentioned a little bit earlier as well about some of your students have kind of reached out to you and and are talking about season planning i think it's a really important point to to reiterate that people don't have to plan their season and, and sort of reflect on their previous season by themselves here will that you know there's plenty of people that would be happy to help point them in the right direction absolutely and you know, I mean, I, I I do that. You know, I Bobby Costello has been a huge uh, influence and coach and mentor for me for the last twenty years. Um, yeah, and I always each season kind of go through 
my, you know, what, what the goal is for the horses, my fitness, my, um, my horse's fitness, my fitness, all of that. And, um, the, the one thing I, one piece of advice that I give people, I tell myself a lot is be prepared to hear something you may not want to. That's a very daunting, I guess would be the wrong word, but it, it, it cannot be fun. You know, oh, I really want to do Kentucky this year. A student of mine says, says it to me. Oh, I really want to head to Kentucky. Well, that's fine and dandy, but you, it'd be, it would be your first five star. And, you know, you didn't get to do the autumn season for one of the gazillion reasons that the horses allow us not to. And this, you know, you only have one horse at that level. You know, the five star is not something that you're going to, go skip around. It's a, it's a huge competition and you have to be really accurate and you have to be, um, really tuned into doing that. And so, you know, if the five stars is the goal this year and the horses, you know, older or whatever, okay, let's not do a long format this spring. Let's do a bunch of four shorts and aim to Maryland in the autumn that, you know, that's going to set you up better for success than, rushing to get to Kentucky, having two runouts and then pulling up and retiring because you just, not that you aren't ready and not that you aren't capable, but you have to be honest and be prepared to hear from your coaches. Go to people that are going, you know, get your advice from people that you really respect and aren't just going to tell you what you want to hear. And that's a hard, that's a hard thing to do. And, and as a coach and as a, you know, it's also a hard thing to, for, for me to say to a student, um, you know, that, it's not fun. I, you know, I don't want to tell somebody it ran on their parade, but I also want them to be successful and be safe. And so, yeah, be prepared to hear what you don't want. You're, you don't want to hear. And, you know, it's, it's never out, out of malice that a, a coach would say something like that, but, you know, and I, I mean, I've been in that boat too. I mean, Bobby's told me, well, that's not a plan for success. Well, and you know, yeah, but, when there's a yeah, but it's you should usually go with the advice of your coach. <laughs> I think they have a, a generally a, a fairly clear picture of you know sometimes we can be clouded by how we feel or or what we think we should be doing because what other people doing and that kind of thing and actually getting independent advice they're in a position to really clearly look at where we're at and where we can go and and be you know helpful in kind of setting those goals and their targets. So ask your coach where you think where they think that you should be in 12 months time and what a, a suitable target and, and few targets might be. Um, it's important as well, you know, the other things to, to kind of take into account because you might be jumping clear on paper, Will, but actually maybe you've stepped up to intermediate level and you're jumping clear on paper and, you know, it looks good, but actually it doesn't necessarily feel as good as it should. So I think it's important at this point to kind of say things should feel easy. If you're looking to step up a level, that actually the level you're at should be feeling really straightforward. Is that fair? Uh, yes, that's definitely fair. It should feel straightforward. It doesn't necessarily, for me, it doesn't necessarily have to feel straightforward. It, it can still be a, a, you know, it needs to be a, a challenge. You need to not be bored with it, obviously. But, um, you know, I've had, I've, recently I've started helping a lot of people cross country and, you know, I've had people come to me, it, he doesn't jump left-handed corner. So I was just always take the options at those. Well, <laughs> okay. That's not acceptable for me as a coach. You know, you're going to see left-handed corners. You're going to see 
what's the difference? You know, you're going to see a skinny off of a right turn that would would maybe invite a run out to the left and address those problems. Don't just be like, well, I can take the option there. If you're going to move up a level, but always take an option at something, then you're not ready to move up to that level. Yeah, absolutely. Again, it goes back to just, you know, being honest about our ability, not our ability, but are we ready to, to take that next step? And talking about ability, that's something that people have to be really honest as well. Not every horse is a five star horse. Not every horse is an intermediate horse. That's okay. There's a job for that horse. Um, just like not every rider is a, 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 an advanced level rider. I mean, I love live theater more than anything in the world. I'm not a singer. <laughs> Never <laughs> going to be. So I think, you know, being honest, being honest about the abilities of, um, you know, horse and rider and, and horse and rider as a combination. And, you know, there's been, I've, I've ridden horses that they're, they're just not my ride. And that's also not a fun thing to say to yourself or I can figure this out. I can figure this out. You have to, again, I, you know, I keep repeating myself, but it's, you know, you think about that honesty and you think about, um, the the ability and the reality of and is it a plan for success as a combination i am a firm believer in the kind of the saying setting yourself up for success because if you set yourself up for failure you're you're quite likely to fail whereas if you put all of the ingredients in place that actually you should have a success then you've done you've ticked all the boxes it might not always work but at least you know you've left no stone unturned um with your with your horses throughout the season well you know even if you've got a horse that actually say is stepping up from intermediate to advanced level how much would you then actually bring them back down at level the same as we often see you know a horse that might be going to kentucky five star running in an intermediate before they go as their final prep run. How important is that to give them variation? And and why would you do that as a rider? Um, that's a great question. And, you know, um, again, it's very individual based um, for, for each individual horse. You know, Mama's Magic Way is very experienced now. Um, and he's done five, five stars. And, like, he'll start the year doing an intermediate at Pine Top and then – I'll do a combined test with him at the Aiken Showcase and then Carolina International. And then I'll do another combined test with him before like a stable view. And then, you know, he'll go to Kentucky. Um, so I, I, I personally always start my horses a level below of what they finished at for an upper level horse. If a horse has been going training level, I'll start them at training level. You know, in regards to dropping them down a level mid-season, um, you know, if I, if I, yeah, I jumped a clear round, but God, his eyes were bugging out of his head. Like I had to really ride strong or whatever. Uh, yeah. I might drop the horse down a bit and let them go around. So again, so that they don't think it, they didn't, Oh God, that, that was really hard. And then the next time they go out and be like, Oh, okay, that's easier. That can sometimes make those bigger tracks feel better. And, you know, again, I'll uh, repeat myself again, being really honest when you finish cross country you know, how did that feel? Was the horse happy to, that the course was over? You know, one thing that I love about Derek DeGrazia's courses is you jump the last, uh, of all the Derek courses I've jumped, you know, you jump the last fence and my horses are looking for the next one where there's been some courses that I've jumped the last fence and go to pull up and it's like, thank God that's over with. And, um, you know, and was that because of the, of the horse's greenness? Was it because I didn't, uh, you know, I missed a, a 
cross country school? Uh, was it because you know the horse got an abscess and I missed two gallops and he wasn't quite fit enough? Was it because it was a real you know trappy, tricky cross country course? What were the reasons? And so I think that's a good thing to do. You know, when you finish your cross country, you know, I'll kind of think of what are the first three three words that come to my mind, and I might you know write them down in my journal or you know, okay, God, he was brave, he was fast, um, he was dragging me around, or man, he made that feel small, or God, you know, he made that feel really big. I ended up having to take the long way. You know, glad that I I thought about that. So you know, give your give yourself the opportunity to. You know, give yourself three adjectives, um, three positive adjectives, three negative ad- adjectives of, on how each track went. And if the positive ones are hard to come up with, well, you might want to drop down a level and and make the negative adjectives be hard to come up with. You know, maybe one of the negative adjectives is, um, you know, I, I, or, or phrases, not just adjectives. You know, the worst thing about this cross-country track was that it ended because I was so much fun and the horse was feeling so great. I just wanted to keep going. All right, well, then you're ready to stay at the level or move up. You know, so I think that's a good uh, practice and exercise to do is, you know, three positives, three negatives. And that's something that I do with all of my horses and looking at going forward. I think that is a really good piece of advice and actually something that anybody can do, no matter what level they're competing at. Um, if you are at a training show or if you are heading out to your first competition of the year, um, start yourself a journal and actually just make some notes and be honest. You don't have to necessarily show it to anybody. You can keep it to yourself, but actually be honest with yourself. Maybe it's one of those ways of being, it's, it's easier to be honest with yourself, maybe if you're writing it down. But actually, it's a really fun way to kind of look back on the season as well, because I bet it's very satisfying, Will, if you kind of go back and if you read your entry from, say, post-dressage in Kentucky, and then you go and read your entry, say, post-dressage at Burley, that actually you'll kind of see the real tangible. It's not just the mark, it's how you feel as well, and that will be very tangible. Yeah, and and sometimes sometimes the mark isn't what the goal is, <laughs> you know, uh, at the end of the day the dressage can be very subjective, you know, and for example, I mean, uh, May, Mason this past summer, I did a combined test on him at Lockmoy and I, I don't know, he scored like a 34 and, um, he had one little kind of meltdown and I sent the video to Bobby Costello and I said, you know, one little blow up, but I think this is going the right direction. And, um, I feel like I'm headed the right direction. And I, I sent the same video to Bettina and Bobby, I've spoke to Bobby and he goes, I think you're delusional if you think that's going the right direction. Will. you know, he's behind the vertical. You got hot in the one change you halted and all that. And I, I, I was really upset. I was like, you know, God, I'm working so hard. And I just, I just wanted like, yeah, you're doing great. But again, that's that honest remark. And then when I talked to Bettina about the same test, she was like, you know he's not wrong, but look at what did. Look at what was better. He stood in the in the final halt. He um, did this. Yes, he was behind the vertical um, in some of the canter work, but 
you had him, you had his withers and you had him through so that you had control of his back so that you never really lost him. Once he lets you really sit into him, you'll be able to put his neck up and out. And, you know, obviously that was the beginning of July. And then I was having weekly FaceTime lessons with her. And um, then I went to Millbrook and I sent the video to Bobby and it was the same test and he'd scored like a 27. And Bobby was like, thank you. Now, having said that, I never would have had that test at Millbrook had I not done the test at, at Lockmoy because I needed to have, you know, I had him, when I say behind the vertical, you know, his nose was a little bit back behind the vertical, but I also had his pole quite low. So he was only in a frame for a 6.5, but I couldn't put him up and out without a huge explosion. And by riding that horse a little bit low, a little bit deep in the test earlier in the summer, it gave me the the confidence and the experience and the ability to not lose the ride ability on him in a test so that when it came time for Millbrook and then again at Burley, I had that ride ability that I could present the horse out. And it's actually quite funny. If you watch my video back from Burley, I do the stretchy circle canter and at the end. And then the, the last two things are the two flying changes across the short diagonals. And he's starting to get a little bit wound up. And so the stretch, the next circle was actually a super timing. <laughs> so I, I let him down. And then as I brought him back up, I have him a little bit short in the neck and a little bit low. And as I come through the corner, uh, the left-handed corner, just past the judge at C, you see me counter bend him and put him a little bit low so that I had his wither so that when I came onto the diagonal, I could put his pole up and push his nose and his neck out. But had I not had his withers in that moment, I wouldn't have had that tool to be able to do that. And I knew I had that tool because of the work that I did when I had to ride him in that frame the whole test, if that makes sense. It absolutely does. And I think that's a really important lesson for everybody listening to this, that actually progress is kind of what you're looking for. Progress, not perfection. That uh, that actually you you kind of have to build on each of those little things. And that ultimately, if you're you're building on them, you're improving and you can kind of go to the next level and build on the next thing. And there is no such thing necessarily as perfect in eventing. Even a 10, Will, is excellent yeah. perfect, isn't it? No, exactly. Perfect. Okay. So just to recap, if somebody is listening to this thinking, right, okay, season is nearly here. Um, my horse is back in after the winter. We're, we're getting fit. We're going out to some training shows. So the first few things on the list are very much kind of reflect on last year, be honest with yourself about last year, and then look forward to what your goals might be this year and and set something probably end goal and work backwards from that um and I think just reiterate it again will that actually be prepared for a plan b c d maybe even a little bit further on down the alphabet if needed yeah uh, a z z <laughs> <laughs> um anything anything else from you that you would really love people to take away from this and kind of say right okay I can I can implement that I love the journal idea actually I think that's a great one yeah you know, I'm a big proponent of of writing that down and then you know also writing down um like make a list of yourself for yourself right now like you know w- what do I need to improve on um and or you know I, I get really nervous before cross country and I don't know how to overcome that don't be afraid to ask for help. Write down, write down your goals of what you want to do, and the goals again may not just be what what competition you're going to go to, but you know I want to not be 
so petrified <laughs> to go and do the cross country, or I want to, you know, stay really present and focused if my horse starts to get wound up. And I'll, I'll give another just quick little thing that happened to me this past summer with Mason and the dressage um, in my sports psychology with, with Ab. And I, I said to her, I go, well, what if he gets hot? And she, you know, what am I going to do? And she said, well, he's gotten hot before. And, and I said, well, I'm just so sick of, you know, I come out of the ring when that happens and people say to me, Oh my God, you did such a good job uh, to keep the lid on him. And I'm so sick of hearing that. She goes, yeah, but you kept the lid on him. So if he does get hot, you know that you can do that. You know that you can ride him when he gets that way. It's just like, you know, a student of mine, you know, well, what if I run out at the corner? Well, you've run out at one before and you, you've come back and jumped it. So it, it's easy to wish and hope, but like Ab has a great example. You know, you don't go to the hardware store for milk. Be honest with, you know, know that you can, you can, you can handle what's handed to you because you've done it before and you've gotten through it. So, and that was a huge mental breakthrough for me personally, because when I would say to myself, God, I hope he doesn't, I changed that wordage in my mind to, well, if he does, I know how, I know I can get through it. And that was a huge brain move for me. Um, and then I didn't get the, the crippling anxiety of, I, you know, I just want him to be rideable. I just want him to be rideable. Well, if he's not, I know how to do it. I know how to handle it. So I'll just play the hand I'm dealt. And that was a real big mental breakthrough for me. And so I think, you know, write down what you want to do, write down your goals, write down what you want to do to improve and um, reach out to people that can help you improve because none of us can do this alone. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It takes a village. It really, really does. And and I think um, it's one of those things listeners that can can actually feel a little bit overwhelming when you're kind of looking at the season but also you're sort of full of the excitement the possibilities and it should be fun so enjoy the process um and and get the right help along the way and if you're not sure ask um but also don't be afraid to change your plans and and the one thing that I would say from me because this is something that I'm massively passionate about if you get really nervous try and and getting um you know and, and it's to the point where you're not enjoying it then get some help with your nerves make a plan make a system because uh it's meant to be fun at the end of the day we're all going to enjoy it um and our horses are there to be enjoyed and and they want to enjoy their job and you want to enjoy them enjoying that job as well so uh, look hopefully lots for you to take away from this show well thank you so much it has been lovely to have you on with us and uh, looking forward to following your progress through next season it's an exciting one and i take it mama's magic way the plan will be back to, to Kentucky in the spring? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to hopefully, that, that's the goal, aim there. And then, you know, if the Olympics are in the cards, that would be kind of cool. And if not, um, you know, I'd love to head back to Burley. It's my, it's definitely my favorite, favorite uh, five-star that I've been lucky enough to jump around. Oh, well, we would love to have you back at Burley, but I love how you just said um, the Olympics would be kind of cool. They would be more than kind of cool, Will. Be absolutely <laughs> freaking amazing. That's like the understatement of the, the century. Um, look, best of luck. Enjoy the start of the season. Listeners, um, we really hope that this show has been useful. Plenty of top tips to take from it in your season planning. And uh, we look forward to, to watching all of your progress throughout the year as well. So thank you very much for tuning in. And next up on the show, listeners, it is the middle of February, which means only one thing it is the valentine special one of my favorite shows 
of the entire year. Watch this space to see what chaos will unfold in 2024. But for now, thanks as always for tuning in. Thanks for listening to the USCA official podcast. If you have any suggestions or feedback, then we would love to hear from you. Get in touch through any of our social media platforms at US Eventing. And don't forget to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform to make sure you don't miss an episode.